Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome to the Osmo Early Bird Podcast. It's your old pal Emac coming to you with Greg Ehrenberg as we get ready for a what is this? A Thursday slate? So happy it's Thursday. We've got getaway days. We've got a three-game early slate involving a double header. We've got a six-game main slate that's early. And then I think we have something around in the eight o'clock hour, Greg. I I can't remember what. Oh yeah, NFL. Uh, Oh, so, oh yeah, NFL. Yeah, yeah, that. I was, I was thinking soccer, but yeah, football. That starts. Well, you're close. It is football, American football. <laughs> but there we are. So we've got content literally all day. We've got uh, in the can. Uh, you'll be able to get some MMA and PGA stuff. PGA, of course, starts on Thursday, but we have that already on the YouTube channel. If you're listening to this early uh, or late on Wednesday night, we also will have. Uh, several NFL shows, and then through the weekend, tons of NFL shows. We're still going to be doing uh, a little bit of basketball. Those will probably be like a half-hour show before lock now that it looks like we're mostly down to single games or single-day games, depending on what happens here with uh, Toronto uh, and Boston. As we are speaking, um, they're still finishing up that game. And then baseball, uh, no baseball on Sundays, but we will still have all of our premium content as well as a couple articles but all eyes are going to be on the NFL. And last year we saw that um, Yahoo and FanDuel didn't even post, or uh, sorry, not FanDuel, Fantasy Draft, which is now part of Mon- Monkey Knife Fight, I believe. Um, they didn't even post Sunday baseball contests. And DraftKings and FanDuel combined went down to less than $200,000 for their full guaranteed prize pool. So we will have projections, the starting lineups, all that stuff, but we just won't have any shows. But we're going to have three hours, count them, one, two, three, hours of NFL content leading into lock. And then we will do live before lock for Sunday night football, as well as Monday night football. Look at that guys. Definitely hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. You're going to want to know when we are going live. It is going to be early and often. Greg, we've got uh, a little bit of fun here. We've got some early action. Let's uh, pull that on up. I get too many windows up here. I'm traveling. So my usual setup is a lot of my usual setup came with me. I brought an extra monitor, brought the microphone, the good camera, all that stuff, but it's still not the same desk. That's an issue. But six pitchers here on our early slate. I'm just looking at DraftKings. They're going with their traditional start two pitchers, so it's uh, normal pricing. A lot of times when it's three games or less, they go with their, their different formats, but this is their more classic, as they call it. We have Dylan Bundy. At Texas, uh, likely that uh, the roof is closed. He will be facing Kyle Gibson. We've got uh, Jack Flaherty going against Detroit. Uh, Detroit is countering with uh, Tariq Skubal. 
And then Sean Manaya and Jose Urquidy will be squaring off in the other game. That Detroit-St. Louis game is going to be game one of a doubleheader. That does not impact our pitchers in particular, but it does mean you'll want to keep an eye on the bats. Of that stable of half a dozen plays, does anything stand out for you other than this will be Jose Urquidy's second appearance? He was dealing with uh, the coronavirus himself for most of the season. Yeah, so I mean, you mentioned that it's the um, it's the Cardinals Tigers game that's going to be played as a doubleheader. One thing that makes it pretty interesting about Jack Flaherty, the, the Tigers are one of the worst teams in baseball against right-handed pitching, and Flaherty at eighty nine hundred. Let's say if he makes it through the seven innings, which isn't that crazy to think in a plus matchup against the Tigers, um, even though he's only done it once so far this year, he's he's going to get the complete game bonus. So I actually think the seven inning nature helps Flaherty even though we generally have said that we want to kind of avoid the seven inning games in general, uh, it's kind of hard to totally avoid them when there's only three games on the slate. But with that said, for the pitchers in this particular instance, I think it helps Flaherty and maybe it's like a quarter of a point more that you'd add to his projection or something like that. Yeah. And when you're looking for any edge possible, that's, uh, that's definitely it. We've seen, I think there's been a couple guys that have gotten the complete game in the seven inning versions. And then of course we saw, uh, Nationals rainout game where um, Scherzer got it in the loss, and I forget who he was going against, but both pitchers ended up getting complete games, even though they just went six innings. So it was uh, it was Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer on opening uh, night in the in the rain game, where yeah, both of them ended up uh, being really good because they got the whatever it is two and a half point complete game bonus. Always crazy. There you you do this long enough, and you see all sorts of craziness. Uh, Dylan Bundy probably be, be the main guy we're looking at. He's 9,800. He's still, uh, since beginning of 2018, leads the league in home runs allowed. But he has been great this year. People are catching him. It won't be long before I will have to stop saying that about him. He has actually gone his last three starts without allowing a home run. And he has allowed just four in 50 innings this year, which is would be phenomenal. That would prorate out to about 17 uh, over a normal in a season where a pitcher gets about 200 innings, which would be half of what he has had the last few years. So he has definitely uh, changed things, uh, or his fortunes have changed uh, dramatically getting out of the AL East and having to deal with those small ball ballparks uh, and the Yankees and Boston and Toronto constantly. Um, if we're looking for a cheapie there, how do you feel about Manaya? He's... Been a good pitcher, working his way back from injury. Tough matchup because he is going against Houston, and he's a lefty. Uh, this will be just the first time he has faced them this year. He's gone 64, 86, 74, and 78 pitches in his last few starts. Do you feel that's worthwhile at 7,600? And that's about all I got left of these pitchers. Uh, I'd, I'd rather find the extra space to get up to Flaherty. And, I mean, the issue with Manaya is he just generally hasn't pitched all that well this year. Uh, 5.09 ERA, like you said, coming back from shoulder surgery. And you know, shoulder surgery isn't like Tommy John surgery. A lot of pitchers come back from Tommy John surgery and are just fine. Uh, shoulder surgery is still a lot more iffy. We don't really have quite as many instances of pitchers coming back successfully from that. Uh, and, and if you look at the velocity from Manaya, it is down a little bit from where he was at earlier in his career when he first broke into the big leagues at 92.3 mile per hour fastball velocity and 91.6 in his first full season and only 90.4 so far this year. So it looks like he may have lost a little bit, a little bit of velocity from the injury. Uh, that's a little bit of a concern, especially when you combine that with just the dip in performance. Because like you said, he used to be really good. 
Uh, so I'd actually be more inclined to play the Houston side of this game than I would be roster Manaya. All right. And if you go uh, Bundy and Manaya and then go for a cheap catcher in that 33 to 3,500 range, like a Sean Murphy and a 35 to uh, 33 to $3,500 outfielder, like uh, in this case, Victor Reyes, Robbie Grossman, uh, Tyler O'Neill, you'll still have 4,300 for the remaining positions on DK. So for your last six spots, you can go up for real decent players. So it is definitely possible to work out some good lineups there, even on the short slate and get in both of the top pitchers. We'll go game by game as we get onto our main slate here. Over to it. Reminder, it is going to start at 640. Uh, there will be six games and it looks like none of them involve double headers. So our first game, Greg, we've got Jake Arietta going against Sandy Alcantara. No, it's not Alcantara. It's actually Alcantara. What do you want to do here with this pair of pitchers? Uh, I don't have much interest in uh, Jake Arietta. I know that he has a little bit of name value and people see the matchup against the Marlins and assume that's a spot you want to attack. But Arietta's kind of been washed for the last couple of years now. Uh, he is coming off his best outing of the season by far, but still overall for the season, just 25 strikeouts and 33 innings. He has a 5.67 ERA. The Marlins have actually put up some kind of decent offensive performances lately. I think that uh, they don't make for a bad stack, which I assume is going to be contrarian because, you know, who usually gravitates towards rostering the Marlins. But I think this is a, an okay spot for them. Uh, as for uh, Alcantara, He's pitched reasonably decent this year. Uh, he has a 3.78 ERA, 17 strikeouts in 16 innings. It's a little bit of a concern that we haven't seen very much of him this year. Uh, so we're dealing with a small sample size. And this is a tough matchup for him against the Phillies. But at a 6,600 price tag, I think that he's worth looking at as an SP2. All right. On to our next game here. We have a couple of unknowns for different reasons. Josh Fleming will be making his third, pardon me, fourth start here for Tampa Bay. He has started the fourth, the August 29th and the 23rd. It must have been on slates where I don't remember him or they were some sub slates because I only can think of him having one start, but he's at 5,900. That's a very interesting price point, even going against Boston. This one is in Tropicana Field. On the other side, you have Mike Kickham. Mike Kickham is rather interesting. He is, I want to say 30, I'm going off memory, 31 or 32. He has, uh, still qualifies as a rookie because he has less than the, the minimum, I think it's 35 innings for his career thus far. This is the third season he has been up in the show. Basically, he is the Crash Davis of pitchers. <laughs> yeah, th uh, three-year rookie is, is pretty impressive. This is like... Uh... Like and in his 30s record. in his 30s yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the van wilder of baseball he's just uh just a freshman forever um the issue i have with both these pitchers is just pitch count like i don't know how deep either of them are going to work into the game uh kick him uh he's in two starts here 48 and 44 pitches so it's hard for me to expect that he's going to throw more than you know three innings or so in this game so that kind of takes him out of consideration for me and then with fleming he also has pitch count concerns, his three outings, 72, 74, and 73 pitches, and he just doesn't get strikeouts, 6.46 strikeouts per nine innings. And if you go back through all of his minor league numbers, he struck out under seven hitters per nine innings every single year in the minor leagues. Um, and not really all that great of numbers in the minors overall. And limited sample size in AAA last year, he had a 5.14 ERA and a 7.15. 
uh, the year before an A ball of 4.11 ERA. Uh, Fleming to me just doesn't seem like he's big league caliber. I think he's probably, you know, just a fringe guy. Um, I think the best way to describe him is I, I label these guys as quadruple A pitchers, like somewhere in between triple A and the major leagues. And it's a guy who I don't really want to roster. The, the Red Sox offense hasn't been very good this year, so it's hard to be really confident in them, but I would prefer their side of the game to Fleming. Yeah, and that makes sense. I'm just keeping Fleming on the short list because we're running out of pitchers. We only have 12. Yeah. We've already waved off three of them, so uh, by default, he's going to land there. Uh, the other thing that's making his numbers look sort of decent, he's got the win in every game. We really shouldn't expect that either, although Tampa Bay could be team of destiny this year. Uh, we do have a little bit of weather here in the next game. That is New York. We have Garrett Cole coming in at just 10,300 going against Baltimore. They have Keegan Aiken taking the mound on the other side. This will be Aiken's uh, fifth appearance, his third start. He has been uh, reasonably good. He went 80 or 91 and 81 pitches in his last two starts, so we know he's mostly stretched out. Tough matchup still going against the Yankees, even though it's their understudies with uh, – Stanton and Judge still on the shelf, but uh, he's worthy of consideration. Garrett Cole, on the other hand, he only allowed one home run in his last game. That's a good thing. He has 13 in 52 innings, so he is on pace right now for almost 60 home runs allowed. That would be the most ever allowed by about eight in baseball history if we were playing a full season. He's very lucky it's not a full season. Yes. Um... So one thing that's kind of interesting about that is the other thing also uh, talking about the Yankees pitching staff is Garrett Cole's been a little disappointing this year. Still good for DFS because he gets a ton of strikeouts. 70 um, and 52 innings. Can you believe that? <laughs> if you want to go for a really contrarian stack on this slate, and I'll be making some of them, assuming the weather's fine, the Baltimore Orioles, because like you said, when Garrett Cole isn't pitching well, he's giving up home runs. There was a point in time where you just didn't want to stack against the Yankees because even if they had a uh, you know like average to below average starting pitcher on the mound, they had such a good bullpen behind all their pitchers. Uh, the Yankees' bullpen is not very good this year. Uh, we've, we've seen uh, a number of guys get lit up, and it really started to fall apart once uh, Tommy Canley earlier in the year got hurt and was ruled out for the season, and the Yankees' bullpen just kind of started to come unraveled after that. So Garrett Cole is still overall my favorite starting pitcher target on the slate, but if you're playing 150 lineups like I do, I'm going to be building some Orioles stacks also because nobody's going to be on them because I expect Garrett Cole to be massively popular. and just if he doesn't pitch well, what happens is he gives up home runs. That's how he gives up his runs. That's what we like for fantasy. So I think there is a little bit of reason to like the Orioles as a super contrarian stack. And they're also really inexpensive. All right. Um, do you have anything here on uh, Keegan Aiken that you want to point out? Uh, let me bring up his numbers. Other, other than really cheap, quick. and we're going to get about 80, probably 85 pitches feels like a nice median outcome. At 6,700, there's value in that on the two-pitcher side. Uh, he does appear to have strikeout upside. I mean, if we look at his numbers this year, he's striking out 10.38 hitters per, per nine innings. The walks are a huge issue. Uh, but in the minor leagues last year, he also struck out 10 and a half hitters per nine innings. Walks were an issue. He seems like a guy who, uh, maybe like a poor man's Robbie Ray, uh, like good, good Robbie Ray. I mean, not, not this year's Robbie Ray. There, there's, there is no version of poor Robbie, of poor man's Robbie Ray this year. That's that. I don't even know what that would look like. That's walking literally every single hitter. Um, but if, if you look at like Aiken's minor league numbers, 10 and a half strikeouts per nine innings, a guy who regularly walked four plus hitters per nine innings, 
there could be utility in that as a, as a cheap guy on a small slate as an SP2. Uh, not somebody to be overly confident in playing against the Yankees, but if he's a pitcher who ends up coming in, you know, project for like 5% or less ownership, I think he's worth throwing into a few lineups just because he's pitched reasonably decent this year and he gets strikeouts. Yeah, on on uh, Yahoo's sponsor side, it's going to be a little bit interesting. Let's talk about their pitching for a moment here. You've got uh, Garrett Cole up at the top. He's 53. We've got Sonny Gray going against the Cubs. He's 45. Aaron Savale going against KC. He's 42. Sandy Alcantara is, uh, let's see, 40 going against Philly. Dustin May put a short pin in that one. He's 38. We're still waiting for the strikeouts to show up, but he's going to go against Arizona, who's not great. The roof will be open in that one. Then we're at Keegan Aiken at 35 and Josh Fleming at 35. Not a lot of deals there. And then you get down to Chris Paddock, who we'll talk about in a bit, but he is at, at, going to be the most popular pitcher at $33 on uh, Yahoo. He's struggled in his last couple of, well, Oh, the struggles are right. Yeah, I guess when you give up 10 runs in, in three appearances, that's pretty bad. He's on the every other outing, so this should be a good one uh, for him. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. But just kind of looking at the pricing over there since they're sponsoring our gig, I uh, wanted to let you guys know that. They start again tomorrow at 6.05 for their uh, contest. They've got um, the Atlanta and Washington game that they are including there. So uh, pay attention to that one, and if you make lineups, be sure to pick some in the later games just in case you forget and go on over there and people are locked if you have not been attention to that one. Uh, back to our game-by-game game matchups here. I've got too many windows open. On to the next one. Uh, it's the Sunny Gray and Adbert Alzole. Alzole is 7,700, so not a discount dandy. He has uh, gone 78 pitches and 20 pitches in his last two outings, 70 in the one before. So he is stretched out, but he has a grand total of nine innings in those three starts. That's not that's not very good, including 2.2 in that 78-pitch outing. Yikes. I don't know what to do with this one. I guess let's talk about Sonny Gray coming off a disastrous beatdown by the Redbirds. He lasted two outs, gave up six earned runs, no home runs. Literally everybody that got on scored. Uh, eight walks, five hits, six guys came around. Can, Shun- can Sunny Gray shake this one off? Uh, it's definitely a little concerning how he looked last start, especially because there were some red flags coming in. Even though he hadn't really given up runs in his last two starts before that, his strikeouts were down and his walks were up. So I- I'm-, I'm not exactly sure what to make of that other than he's probably dealing with some sort of mechanical issue or maybe there's some sort of slight underlying injury because Sonny Gray was terrific at the start of the season. I mean, he was pretty regularly looking at his strikeouts and walk numbers. I mean, 10 strikeouts, one walk, eight strikeouts, two walks, 11 strikeouts, one walk, nine strikeouts, two walks. And then the last three starts, it's six strikeouts, four walks, four strikeouts, two walks, one strikeout, three walks. So I look at that and I think there's reason to think there's upside in Sonny Gray. Obviously, if he gets back to his form from earlier in the season, but given how he's pitched his last few starts, I'm probably going to be underweight to the field uh, and probably in a significant way. I'd much rather pay up the $600 for Garrett Cole. Uh, the question becomes then is I look at the pitchers on this slate and it's, I make a few contrarian Orioles stacks and it's who, who, who are you going to spend pitchers in those lineups? <laughs> who are the pitchers in those lineups? And that's really what, that's really what I'm looking at. And it, it kind of has to be Sonny Gray and Chris Paddock, I guess, because 
mean, we'll talk about Dustin May in a little bit. I, I'm not really thrilled about rostering Dustin May at 8,800. Uh, but I'll at least say of the top options, it's Cole one for me, Paddock two, and Sonny Gray is a distant third. All right. We've got four left. That's pitchers, not games, just two games. Looks like Drew Smiley is going to come off the injured list here to make the start against San Diego. He's been dealing with, uh, let's see, a strained left index finger. He is a lefty, so that would be his pointer finger on his throwing hand. He has been out since August 1st was the last time he uh, made an appearance, so that's just over a month. He does get to go against San Diego, which is not a good thing. They have a ton of variety power. I'm uh, not feeling great about him. Chris Paddock on the other side kind of mentioned that he got knocked around a little bit there by Oakland. Uh, Seattle got to him. Somehow he survived in Coors Field. Uh, he had a nice start against Texas. I'm going to count on the underlying talent right off those others, and we're not paying a huge premium on him. He's 8300 You know, he's probably, what, a $7,500 pitcher in this spot, but I'll take it. We've already mentioned there aren't that many other guys to go to here. So uh, how are you feeling about Paddock? Do you have any trust at all in Drew Smiley? Uh, Drew Smiley, no, for two reasons. Number one, I just don't think he's particularly good even when he's healthy. And then number two, it's just really hard to trust a pitcher whenever they're coming off the injured list, either because pitch count concerns or you just wonder about them, you know, kind of being out of rhythm after not pitching for a while. And also, I mean, the matchup is just ridiculously hard. It's, he's going up against Slam Diego. I think that the the most likely outcome here Did is that. Did you say Slam Diego? Yeah, that's what they're called.